and welcome to episode four of season two of Oversharing Wearing. I hope you guys are all doing okay and happy new year for 2022. I don't know about you, but when I rang in the new year, I kind of <laughs> slightly had my hands behind my eyes and I was like, oh my God, I don't know what this year's going to bring. Please let it be okay. Please let there not be too much trauma. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I definitely was like, oh, feeling wary if I'm honest. I'm really sorry for the radio silence. The truth is that I felt quite vulnerable about talking about my relationship with my mum in the last episode. It's more complicated than simply feeling guilty. It's sort of more about this internal conflict that I've had for years about mourning the relationship I don't have with her. I wished I could have articulated it better as well in the last episode. I didn't feel I maybe gave it justice because it felt quite raw. But I think, and I well, I hope that it came across how fragmented that it's made me feel throughout my life my life and i think after i recorded that episode i i definitely felt sort of a mini period of grief about it when i first started the podcast nearly 2 years ago the words almost wrote themselves and i felt like for the first time i was exploring all the deep rooted crap that had been slowly eating away at me for years and that this slightly also explains why I've taken so long to record another episode is I've kind of been a bit scared to because I've shared so much with all of you and I, and I I've, I've been thinking what if I don't have anything of that's worthy to listen to you know what if I'm rehashing the same old stuff you know I'm not going to lie I've I've been lying awake for the last few nights because I'm trying to work out what is actually holding me back and I think part of it is that I really I really didn't want this to be my narrative how I've been treated when I started therapy a year ago a lot of what I wanted to explore was about how I coped with life and my emotional responses and triggers and I, I've got a big personality. Those of you who are listening to this and know me are probably slightly sniggering, being like, yeah, we know you've got a big personality. But it's meant that, as a defence, I guess, and I know I've mentioned that before, that I had, it's made meant that I've been able to hide a lot of pain and to put on a game face. And when I first started to open up, a lot of it, in my therapy, a lot of it was about the pandemic and navigating it and what a tough time it was but as I drill down further I realised that I'm really good at using avoidance techniques to not say what I really think because I've never given myself space to do that so now instead of saying not the first thing that comes to mind but what I really think because it's not an easy thing to do so for example I've been really, really angry about all of this. And it's like, 
okay, well, why? Okay, you you can say, well, that's understandable, but how is that serving you now? And the answer is, well, it's not. And it's like, well, what can you do about it? So what I've had is the opportunity to have a mirror sort of held up in front of me so that I can look at that. One of the feelings that I have really struggled with for the longest time is feeling lonely. And because I didn't know my place in the world and growing up I was so untethered, for me it meant that the trauma I experienced was always very close to the surface. I'd never had an adult or someone in my life who was a safe person, who I could turn to, who could understand what I was going through and say, I hear you, I see you. And I guess, in a way, what's been difficult is I I kind of manifested the good bits of my mum where there were glimmers of where she could be warm, where she could be kind, and, and put her on a pedestal because that's what... That's all I had. And even when she was disdainful and full of criticism, I just was like, but but she's my mum and the the alternative is, you know, having him as my dad and I and I, I'm really not okay with that, but so this is all I've got and I've got to make the best of it. Interestingly, before Christmas, two things happened that I want to talk to you about. So one of them was I met my mum for a cup of tea and it's only really recently now that I'm beginning to learn who I am more that I realise how much I have to gear myself up to see her. Physically I've realised I hold my breath a lot and I'm slightly on on edge from the minute I see her. And my mum doesn't do small talk. I'm not very good at it either. And I, I'd been at work and we, we went for this cup of tea. And I think for her, as I mentioned in the last episode, she she's trying to sort of make sense of everything for her from her end of things. She brought up my dad again and talked about this time that he pinned me against a wall by my throat and was basically snarling and virtually sort of spitting in my face. And she sort of slightly reenacted it and I'm sitting there thinking, oh God, please don't, you know. It's like she's got no idea of of the impact it has on me. It's it's like, oh, I'm just going to talk about this, you know. Sophie's just sitting there, you know, looking fine. I'll, I'll just, you know, I'll come out with it. And it's it's like a sucker punch it really is and i'm i'm sitting there she was going over how frightened she was talking about how she didn't know what to do and actually what i realized two things she kept talking about how it was for her the other thing was there was no acknowledgement of me in that so it was like i saw this awful thing it made me feel like this and there was no sort of I don't know how to put it there was no kind of like right well that must have been horrible for you I'm I can't imagine 
no empathy. So I don't know what it was, but normally she'd say something like, well, I should have protected you. And I actually turned around to her and I was like, why didn't you? I was really calm. I just said, the thing is that it's a parent's role to protect their children. If you see someone hurting your child, you are in there like a bullet, you know, out of a gun. You, you, you don't hesitate. I wouldn't let anybody hurt my children. I would stand in front of anybody that was behaving like that. And I said that to her, I was like, there's an instinct in us as parents where we just want to protect our kids against that, against anything sort of danger or fear. And no reaction. No reaction at all. She just sat there and was like... It was weird. It wasn't even like... I mean, I I wouldn't want her to be, like, upset, but it was like there was nothing... And I, I I felt really proud of myself, but I was also a bit like, I've just come from a really calm place asking you why, at the age of 45, you didn't protect me as a child, and there is no response. But, you know, she said she was scared, and I know that, I do know that, but I was bloody scared, you know, but... The only thing I can take away from it is that I know that I'm not like that as a parent. That's the only good thing I can take away from it, that I wouldn't behave like that. So I have to kind of find a way to reframe it. The second thing is that I found a lump in my neck recently and my anxiety has been up and down through the pandemic as it has has been for all of us but something happens when and I've found lumps before um and I've had to go to hospital I've had biopsies so this isn't new to me but it would to have find one in my neck and what do I do I start bloody googling it like you do and of course I found it on a Friday evening And I went into meltdown. I mean, I wasn't like crying, but I just absolutely, I was like, right, okay, well, what does this mean? All this horrible stuff came up and I went down a bit of a wormhole. And my husband tried his best to reassure me. I even tried to get an online, pay for an online doctor's appointment and there was none. And I didn't want to go to the walk-in centre and I didn't want to waste anybody's time. So I sort of had this really horrible weekend of feeling really kind of I don't know just freaked out and I told a couple of friends and they were great and then I went to to borrow my mum's car and I said look mum I just so a couple of days later I was like look I didn't want to ruin your weekend but I found this lump in my neck and she just said well you my weekend's already ruined because something happened with my car and my my friends being weird and I was like oh my god right okay in the end on the Monday I w- went to the walk-in centre but my god it was just the loneliest few days I can't explain it I just so wanted someone to take care of me and to say I'll sort this out I'll look after you I can't it's really hard to explain. I probably sound like I am actually, which I kind of probably am babbling a bit. But what I'm saying is, 
I understand it when you go down a wormhole of anxiety. And I think the thing is, we're all still in this pandemic and anything to do with our health is exacerbated because it's not easy. You know, God left love the NHS, but it is not easy at the moment to access any kind of stuff other that's not to do with COVID. And if you are anxious like me, it's really difficult to manage those emotions and they can stay with you for quite a long time after that. I, I kept having like palpitations and feeling really sick and just almost a bit like I wasn't inside my body. But again, I've I thought, right, next time something like that happens, take a deep breath, think about that you are an adult, you're not a child. And I think that's the thing. A lot of my responses to things of as a as a quite childlike and the other thing I want to talk about is that I've noticed recently that my anxiety symptoms more physical have manifested or well not they've changed and they've manifested into something else so I will walk too fast or I will get slight tremors in my hands when I go to have a drink or I will get pins and needles in my hands and I've, or I feel like I've got no sense of gravity. And I didn't even kind of really take it in until I started to record about when those physical symptoms happened. And here's a tip. If you feel uneasy with certain people or feel slightly, slightly agitated around them, then listen to that. It means something. I mean, obviously I feel like that with my dad a huge amount I'll get unwanted thoughts when I'm around him and I'll feel very disorientated. But that's kind of to be expected. But I think the thing is that we have an intuition for a purpose and it's protect us. And I've never kind of, I've never really used that intuition. I've, I've ignored it. And now I'm trying to listen to the to that intuition and listen to the more adult voices that I have, like the adult voice, not the, you know, the the little girl and I'm trying really hard to make myself think about things more from a even keel and I'm finding a new way to articulate my pain. One of the hardest patterns that I'm trying to break is making myself feel bad because I've always had a weird comfort in that. I know it sounds strange but you know to pile on the pressure to make myself to talk myself into a bit of a corner so that I feel even more anxious and worse because there's been a weird, I don't know, I don't want to say comfort, but it's like, that's what I've known. So I'm like, no, that's not okay. Like, you don't need to feel bad. Stop overanalyzing stuff. Ask for what you want from people. Listen to the what people say to you. Learn from what people say to you. Don't don't keep resisting change like you can feel better because but I think I've been scared because I don't know what that's going to bring and I think that's a key thing about anxiety is you're you've got so much uncertainty and so much fear and the world can seem a very frightening place and when you start to try and understand that unpick that as to why you feel like that it can be really challenging. 
But I'm learning to reframe things and to know that I'm not in that place where I can be pinned against a wall by my dad anymore. And I can look back at that and 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 say to that me as a little girl, well, you're not in that place now. You can look after yourself. You you are protected. You can protect yourself. That is not going to happen again. You don't need to keep reliving it. I think the thing with my mum is that that trauma is slightly always there because... But I don't know how to change that only by being more measured about when I see her, what, you know, and for example, before Christmas, she said to me, you know, oh, you love your food. It was an insult. And I just said, yeah, I do. And it completely shut her down. She didn't know what to say. Instead of me like going, uh, well, mm, what do you mean? Or, Or getting hurt or upset. I was like, yeah. I like my food. And I think that's the thing. It's like finding tiny ways to to give yourself power and but in a healthy constructive way where you start to learn to take back control and not give the other person that makes you feel bad or anxious the power. And even with myself, I I've had my birthday recently and I was like you know, no one's going to be interested. It's going to be... Because my parents, I never had a good birthday growing up. And then I was like, hang on a minute. You're going to be 46. You've planned something nice to do with your husband. Just enjoy it. Take the pressure off yourself. Don't work yourself up for no reason. This doesn't need to be the same narrative over and over again. You can change it. It will be difficult and if you do feel bad tomorrow, on your birthday, that's okay. And it was so liberating. I was like, I actually had a really good birthday. And I allowed myself to feel love from other people. My parents weren't brilliant, but that was to be expected. And I was like, oh, wow. I'm having a lovely day and I'm making the most of it. My husband was brilliant and my children were lovely and got me cards and stuff. And it was like... I am taking this as a small win. <laughs> and that's what we can do. Like, that's all we can do with, you know, when you're suffering with anxiety is small wins. And because that worked, it's given me a little bit of confidence for next time. I'm like, hmm, okay. I might be healing a little bit. I might be learning from this stuff. So that's what I want you to take away from today, from this conversation. Well, not conversation, I'm talking at you. I'm so sorry, um, is that it's, you can reframe stuff and you can start to think, no, I'm not going to keep making myself feel bad. I can reframe this. Sorry, if I say reframe one more time, you can scream. I wish you all lots of love and I will speak to you soon, much sooner than last time. And I hope this has helped. Lots of love. Take care. Bye, guys. Bye.